Well, welcome to another showing of the drunken uh, movie views. My name Yeah, boss. No, I was just nodding off real quick. He told me to suit up, so I put these on my suit. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just working hard, man. Yeah, no, I'm hired. I'm, I've been here working here forever. What are you talking about? Fired? What's up guys? This is the first of what should be hopefully many reviews. This is Dub Feet Movie Reviews. It is a double feature. Today's double feature would be Jojo Rabbit, The Great Dictator. Uh, and the main goal is to sh uh, analyze both films and then bring them together to show the overlaps and show their significance within a critical review. That's the plan today. Uh, don't worry about Damien. He's uh, headed to rehab. He may have lost his job, but I mean, you never know. He might be back. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about him. He'll be fine. <clears throat> so, anyways, let's dive right into Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, uh, brilliant film, brilliant director, uh, Taika Waititi. If I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he pretty much crafted together a brilliant story based off of the innocence of a child uh, who absorbed the ideas of the Nazis during World War II. Um, he got the idea from his mom, which is funny. His mom insisted that he make the movie, which I, I'm glad that she did because it's pretty much one of the, uh, the best uh, new movies that have come out recently. So, highly recommended. Um, who is the runner-up for the most Nazi kid in the failing Nazi party at that time. The movie takes place uh, in the early 1940s. Um, pretty much uh, shows the fall of the Nazis, but the backlash and the control of the Nazis still in Germany and across the, uh, the countries that they were invading and occupying. <clears throat> um, what makes this movie get crazier is when Jojo discovers that uh, there is a Jewish girl inside his, uh, pretty much inside the walls of his uh, house. Now he has to fight between the balance of understanding why that person is there, in addition to uh, just <laughs> fulfilling his Nazi uh, goal as just, you know, extermination and an understanding of all Jews. And it's crazy that this story even is able to be pulled off in a humorous stance, but uh, Taika. Uh, brilliantly did so. I mean, he uh, he pretty much breaks it down 
from a perspective where you get the idea this kid is very dedicated to being something that he shouldn't be, as many kids do. They, they follow some silly shit and, you know, life progresses on. Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi, uh, stars uh, Roman Griffin Davis, who plays Jojo. He's the uh, protagonist in the film. Uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, she's the Jewish girl in The Attic, which we'll get to. Scarlett Johansson, who plays uh, Rosie, his mother. Um, and Taika Waititi, who plays the imaginary friend Hitler to Jojo. Um, pretty much there's other secondary characters that play a major role, like Sam, Ro- uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, Rebel Wilson, Alfie Allen, um, and Archie Yates, who is Yorkie. That's... Uh, Jojo's quirky best friend who's just about his age but is just as reflective on the uh, the world war occurring as any little kid would be just like Jojo <clears throat> but uh, the movie is uh, amazing uh, probably one of the best movies seen this year um, I guess some some greater takeaways is just how simply but brilliantly shot it is how it shows the uh, the the mother Rosie having a different view compared to uh, her son Jojo, yet she still raises him. The story is unique because it uh, it shows you two sides of the, of the coin. Uh, initially, from the trailers, you can't really tell exactly is this movie going to show how Jojo embraces the Nazis or whether he's going to learn and, you know, change his, his views upon you know, further discovery of how the world is. Um, but as the movie unfolds, you get a good idea of of a young mind growing into something more than just a simple one-way one, uh, street. <clears throat> um, his mother, Rosie, plays a big role in that because throughout the film, she constantly says she hates the war, but she supports her country. Um, and she always says love is the bigger thing, the more important thing over violence and war and destruction and killing. Jojo being a little kid, he's he's more like I have to make sure I do my part as a Nazi and destroy all the Jews and win the war and do his part to win the war. He was down to the point where he's he's picking up scrap metal for the war effort just to um to further the cause of the war. So um the movie brings a bigger uh lesson I guess if that makes sense. The lesson is, you know, to accept others. And I I think, though it's technically not a satire, because the satire reflects on current societal themes and things going on, I think it still technically is, because of the fact of the rise of Nazis and all that nonsense that is uh, popping up in the news. So uh, the relevance of it is is, uh, still there, regardless of... uh, you know, not 1940s Nazis running around, but Nazis, unfortunately, are still running around. So, uh, <clears throat> would definitely say the shining acting throughout uh, every single character involved. Uh, I guess the big standout in the secondary department would be Scarlett Johansson and Sam Rockwell. Um, Alfie Allen and Rebel Wilson still got to be mentioned because they were simple background characters, but hilarious nonetheless. Um, and obviously the the weird sexual tension between Sam Rockwell's character and Alfie Allen is hilarious, but also explains the type of Nazi character he was. He he's kinda like the underdog helping out the 
the uh, other characters throughout the film. So he's awesome. Um, simply put, I think this movie <clears throat> does above and beyond justice to a simple idea of Nazism and shows it from a child's perspective and how quickly that viewpoint can change when you're exposed to actual humanity. Obviously, these are going to be spoilerish, but uh, um, Rosie, she's the one that uh, had uh, Elsa in her hidden attic, and uh, <clears throat> by doing so, she put herself in harm's way, but she also knew the risk of doing so for the protection of a, a young Jewish girl. Uh, the parallels to that would be Jojo's character like, discovering her and thinking the most outright like this is a monster this is an this is a gross Jew in my uh, attic hiding and I need to either expose destroy or learn from it in the whole process and of course he kind of does uh, the best of all of those worlds down to the point where you know he actually starts to fall for the uh, the Jewish girl in the attic, which is funny because that's the least Nazi thing you can do, as Hitler tells him later on in the movie. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great feat, um, and I think it's uh, one hundred and fifty percent worth the view. I gave it a, a five out of five feet for my uh, for my review, and uh, yeah, let's jump into the Great Dictator. Now, the Great Dictator is a eighty plus year old movie. And this one is a 100% um, routed right into the world of satirical films uh, of that time period because this is definitely in the heart of the rise of uh, Adolf Hitler. For the sake of comedy, he uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin changed the name to Adenoid Hinkle, which is great because it's just such a silly name to match. It's a stupid, silly piece of crap person that they uh, that he parodied. So. Um, the movie's great because you get all these classic uh, slapstick and silly silent era-esque uh, behaviors throughout the film. Uh, the story moves quickly for something that's, I believe it's a little over two hours long, but the story moves quickly with a point in place. It jokes around, it pokes fun at different types of uh, characters, but just like with uh, Jojo Rabbit, the, the main... Um, source of inspiration is humanity. Humanity plays a big role um, in terms of accepting people and understanding people. So Charlie Chaplin wrote, directed, and did everything in his power to make this movie. Um, it was a stressful time because these were the times in his history where he was not very liked by uh, the U.S. Uh, many factors led from Marx Marxism to uh, honestly the opposition against the Nazis because he made it very clear that he was uh, not for any of any of what they were doing and any of the things that they were involved in. Mind you, this is a little bit before his full craziness. Obviously he was crazy from day one and once he started expanding, Hitler I mean, um, once he started expanding outward, um, things grew scarier but a lot of the politics involved in it was let's just keep quiet because we don't want to escalate. Uh, at this time, I don't even think the U.S. was involved in the in World War II, so all these factors were in play um, in terms of how people felt about Chaplin. Um, nonetheless, Chaplin felt the need to make this film 
because the historical significance of pointing out these flaws in the uh, in the World War. <clears throat> so, Chaplin plays Hinkle, the dictator of Tumania, as well as the Jewish barber who mistaking uh, has a about of mistaken identity later on in the film. Um, Reginald Gardiner plays Schultz, who is a close ally to um, the Jewish barber in the beginning of the film, where they're pretty much fighting together in World War One. They pretty much save each other's asses, and they sort of build a bond in the First World War. Um, of course, they were both noted as Ju uh, Jewish individuals, so come World War Two, even though they fought in World War One, they were part of the people being persecuted later on in the film. Um, the film demonstrates the the ghettos, um, which were created pretty much by the Nazis, where it was the the only livable territories left for the Jews, even though they still got persecuted and they still got rounded up in those areas. So Hinkle rose to power and made all these claims and changes that would seemingly benefit it. Uh, uh, Tomania. See, this is going to be the tough thing, going back and forth between calling it Tomania and Germany and this and that. And But I'm going to try to stick to uh, the story plot as opposed to the real uh, plot that this movie satirizes. Now, unfortunately for the Jewish barber and Schultz, because of their Jewish ancestry, they are hunted down and they are potentially almost killed. What eventually happens, though, uh, is the Jewish barber escapes with Schultz, and as they escape, um, they think that he is Hinkle, the dictator. So with a bout of mistaken identity and a mix-up, uh, Hinkle is confused for the Jewish barber and the Jewish barber goes to give one of his infamous um, passionate speeches at the end of the film. The film speech is probably one of the best speeches in the history of film, quite honestly. Um, it points out, as I mentioned before, the, the sake of humanity, the sake of embracing others, the sake of learning from others, and not to be uh, pretty much a warmonger. And it was one of those things that I think I don't know how many people took it, took that away from the film as a main, like, meaning, but, I mean, that was the main thing. I, I watched the film and I enjoyed it, and I had seen the ending before I even saw the movie, and it still built up to it, and it made it such an important ending to what was a sort of slapsticky, funny movie at the beginning. Um, it brings a real uh, livelihood to the overall story. And it makes it relevant to movies like Jojo Rabbit. That being said, with all the little tidbits of the plot that I've given out here, the movie is perfectly crafted. Um, the timing is great. The storyline just flows perfectly. And uh, it's a classic Chaplin with a good moral ending. It's actually his first, uh, well, technically not his first, but it is his first main thoroughly sound film. Um, if you've ever seen Modern Times, there is a weird blend of sound in it, but it still manages to, to work as a silent film because there really is no speaking by Chaplin or the main characters, with an exception of a couple characters. But anyways, um, for his first sound film, it is a brilliantly crafted film, and it comes together perfectly with a strong message against the, uh, the Nazi piece of shit Hitler. Once again, as I gave Jojo Rabbit, I gave it five out of five feet. 
uh, it deserved the five because it is thoroughly crafted, it is thoroughly acted, and it is uh, a humane story that everybody should watch and see. So here comes the fun part. We get the overlap, the overlap. Yep, not dancing again on screen. Um, the overlap between these two films, Jojo Rabbit and The Great Dictator. The obviously uh, overlapping piece between the two of them is Nazi Germany. Um, one might be parodied full on for us for the sake of making it a comedy and giving that angle. I would say The Great Dictator seems to be more funny and then it becomes very serious at the end as opposed to Jojo Rabbit. It kind of bounces around with seriousness and comedy, ultimately leading to a very serious end uh, plot where um, Jojo is literally running around in the middle of the the war occurring right in the front lines of his home. Um, in terms of uh, overall shots, they, they, they both demonstrate the war differently. Um, once again, uh, the Great Dictator demonstrates it a little more slapsticky and funny, like him shooting off uh, the giant cannon at some point, which uh, just becomes a big running joke and his sort of the general tramp uh, incompetence. Uh, but that can be perfectly paralleled with Jojo Rabbit, where he runs through the forest after Hitler encourages him to take a stand, and he grabs a uh, he grabs a grenade, it bounces off a wall, and he blows himself up and almost dies. So. I guess those kind of have a similar overlapping uh, tie-back between each other, so yeah. Both of these films, they demonstrate the darker side of the Nazis, which is good because there is a scene where they're hunting for the Jewish barber. He tries to hide out, as well as uh, Schultz, and they show them literally, you know, taking people out and pushing them down and fighting them just to, to get to uh, a specific clause or cause. Uh, same with uh, Jojo Rabbit. Unfortunately, one of the characters that goes is Rosie, and it is one of the most poignant, uh, depressing moments in that film, because just when Jojo Rabbit sort of starts to turn over a leaf, the first thing he sees as he's walking down is his mother's shoes at his uh, eye line, realizing that his mom has been hanged for treason, pretty much. Um, I actually watched this film twice, and the second time when I knew that scene was coming up, I'm like, yep, I'm out. I'm going to come back after that scene passes before I start blubbering tears all over myself. Uh, I guess that's another takeaway between the two. Jojo Rabbit had me crying like a baby. Uh, the Great Dictator had me reflecting, but not crying. So yeah, those are some differences between the two. Uh, just fun facts. Uh, Paulette Goddard was one of Charlie Chaplin's uh, ladies. And actually, I think they ended up splitting up because of his uh, dedication and chopping away and getting really obsessive with completing and making this film. So, tidbit there. Tidbit about the Hitler in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, he initially wasn't going to be played by Taika Waititi. He ended up getting told that if he wants to make this movie... Um, he's recommended to play Hitler and he was like I don't want to do that but Fox Searchlight, Fox Searchlight pretty much said um, if you're gonna do this film we'll get we'll let you do it but you gotta play Hitler 
he didn't really see the vision, but once you see him in full Hitler get up, you're like, all right, I'm sold. And he pulls it off, honestly. From the Rotten Tomatoes aspect, uh, Rotten Tomatoes provides Jojo Rabbit with 85% certified fresh. And The Great Dictator, 93% certified fresh. Um, both have a, a matching audience score. I mean, I, I get that 100% because they're both entertaining and audience-attached uh, films. Uh, they both, I feel like they bring a camaraderie to the audience because I remember watching uh, Jojo Rabbit and kind of getting that same feeling around me in the in the theater. Uh, with The Great Dictator, I watched that at home, but I could see that kind of same feeling coming about if I was in the theater watching this. So, uh, yeah. They uh, both are critically uh, non-floppy, and uh, damn, I don't know what else to tell you about either of these films other than if you haven't seen them, go see them both. I highly recommend them. Uh, I think they both, as I mentioned before, they have an underlying theme of humanity. They have a underlying theme of comedy. Laughter keeps people going, even in sad, terrible stories, and I think that's something that we should... Uh, I'll think about on a daily as the world changes, as the world goes better, as the world goes worse. Uh, humanity and comedy and happiness are important. Yeah, so this is the first edition of Dub Feet Movie Reviews. Uh, I hope you guys like what's coming out here. It'll get better. This is a sort of semi-practice run, but the first of its kind for me. Uh, hopefully it'll I'll get the, the ball rolling on it and keep churning these fuckers out. Um, yeah, let me know what you guys thought about both of these movies. Uh, feel free to skewer me. Feel free to tell me I'm terrible. Because we could get the other guy back in here, the, uh, the drunken reviewer. He's, he's definitely knowing what he's doing, so. Anyways, see ya. I'm sorry. But I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass, and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, 
liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men. But in all men, in you, you, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Yeah.